Yeah. Ego can really mess us up in breakups because it's the thing that will be like, oh, you can go to that friend's party that, you know, your ex is going to be at when you're not ready at all. And you're like, I'm fine. And then you're you're like crying in a corner, you know, (laughs) halfway through the party. It's like, and I've done that. It's like, so you have to pay attention to like, what's your ego saying? Because at the end of the day, the breakup really only depends on how you're feeling. It doesn't give a shit about how friends think you're looking or how your ex thinks you look. All it has to do is like, how do you feel? Do you feel like you're moving on? Do you feel like you're healing? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Shooters Gotta Shoot. I am your co-host, Erica Spera. And I'm Molly Demilier. And we've got a great episode for you this week. We are talking with the breakup bestie. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's our first breakup episode that uh, we are not currently going through a breakup. <laughs> so this was a lot more fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot more whimsical, kind of. Yeah. Uh, you're like, oh, remember that time. <laughs> yeah. Or I think it actually, it was easier to share what we both kind of struggle with. Would you say? Yeah, I think so. Because, I well, for me personally, it's easier to talk about it once I've processed it a little bit more. Oh, for sure. And, like, when I was going through my breakup when we talked with Corinne, I, it was, like, two days after. Like, it was <laughs> real quick. And I was just like, I don't know what's happening. Mm-hmm. Like, I was just so shell-shocked. Yeah. Like, that, you, didn't, you didn't have any negative reasons yet, I remember. Right. Like, I was like, this is still just, like, a great person and I'm heartbroken. Yeah. So, fix me, <laughs> Corinne. <laughs> make me happy again (laughs) yeah and if you guys uh want any more breakup episodes we have two with corinne fresher Mm -hmm. uh one was from my breakup one was from molly's if you want some extra breakup material because oddly enough today i got some dms on the shooters account from some people going through some breakups yeah so it's still happening yeah we were worried that summer people weren't getting dumped but you know what you guys don't let us down (laughs) you really don't someone's always breaking up yeah uh yeah we came across her account she has a lot of great advice on there so we get into some specifics of some of her rules and stuff yeah so definitely obviously give this a listen you're already here but uh go check her out afterwards she has like erica said a ton of great stuff so give her a follow yeah and uh As always, guys, we are sponsored by Sunset Lake CBD. Uh, If you want to use our promo code to get 20% off, it's SGS20 at sunsetlakecbd.com. I just tried one of their new products, uh, like one of the creams, uh, because, you know, I'm trying to like go out on longer runs. And so I just kind of bit the bullet, went for a 10 mile run outside the other day when it was like 90 degrees. (laughs) Not a great idea. Um, and I'm getting old, so I was really sore when I came home. Mm. Like, everything hurt just laying down. And I was like, this is a bad sign. So I put some of the cream just, like, all over my body. It's kind of like a body butter. I just lathered it up. First off, smells pretty good, which is it important. Does. I've you know? before. Yeah, because you don't want, like, too smelly of a cream. But also, um, CBD naturally reduces inflammation mm-hmm. in the body. So it's really, really great to put those on after a really hard workout because it's going to, like, bring down all that muscle swelling and i felt pretty good the next day i listen i'm not a runner but i have used that on my knees before yeah when my knees felt a little sore even even you know as we get older from a night out in like heels yeah or just dancing and you're just like ooh, my joints are aching a bit yeah ooh, can't can't drop it low like i used to nope we're not getting any younger over here we gotta get <laughs> sunset lake cbd creams and uh we're gonna be you know we're gonna be hitting up the dance floors a little more. Oh yeah! So if you are out there dropping it low, make sure you visit sunsetlakecbd.com and use SGS twenty for twenty percent off. 
And if you want more percent off, you want 30% off, join our Patreon. We're giving away extra deals, extra goodies. It's patreon.com slash shooters got to shoot. And you get extra episodes, real behind the scenes. Uh, and just support the show, guys. We're, we're doing this for you. Yeah. And actually, uh, we haven't brought this up in a little while. When we get to 300 patrons, we were talking about doing a show with some of our like favorite guests. Yes. So a Patreon think, only show. Yeah, I think we're about fifty away. Yeah, so, we're only fifty people. Yeah, away. sauce it on over there. Let us know if you want to do a show. We'll get some of your favorites back here. Hell yeah. It's Maybe just set you up with some. Yeah, it's just five bucks a month. It's like buy us a coffee every month, you know? Yeah. It's the so least, least you, you can, can do. do. <laughs> <laughs> we spend too much time yeah. together. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well thank you guys and uh enjoy this episode. You're gonna love it. get to our guests this week i'm so excited me too i'm sure you guys have heard her podcast the heal your heartbreak podcast or might have read her blog the breakup bestie or checked out some of her courses the detox your ex course specifically it's your breakup bestie kendra allen welcome to the pod welcome that's such a fun intro thank you guys for having me Oh, yes. Very excited to have you on. Uh, Unfortunately, both of us have not been in a relationship yet and in some time. So this is not a breakup episode on our part. Uh, But as always, people are going through breakups whenever, wherever. So we figured, what's another one? Uh, And we're very excited to have you. It's a little more fun to talk about it when we're not crying, though. So I'm more excited for this conversation than the last few. (laughs) Very true. It kind of helps when there's no salt on your wound, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, I'm curious, Kendra, how did you kind of get into this niche area of like being the breakup bestie? There's always so many people going through breakups. I remember I first told my dad my idea about this, and he was like, there's, you're never going to have enough customers. And, you know, at the time I was like, maybe I won't, but now that I'm, you know, in this, it's such a universal thing. But what made me get started with it was I'd always kind of been in like the coaching space. I was a fitness and health coach, uh, in like, I started at starting at 18 into my early twenties. Um, I've also a little background. Um, I'm in recovery from drugs and alcohol. I got sober when I was 21. And so I, you know, was a sobriety coach for a little bit there, but basically what happened was I went through a breakup in 2015 and it was my first like serious relationship in sobriety that ended. It was actually like my first healthy relationship ever. I have, you know, I was with a narcissist for a few years, a lot of emotionally unavailable men. And so this was like my first healthy relationship that ended. And I just felt completely devastated. And I had absolutely no idea how to not go through a breakup that didn't involve drinking, sleeping with other people, shop, like doing whatever I could to not actually feel what was going on. And I remember thinking like when I got sober, there were so many kind of step-by-step processes to help me get sober. And it felt like I was, I had this like program and all this support and all these things. And then I was thinking like, there's just nothing like that out there for breakups. It's kind of just like, you hope you have friends 
that can give you advice. You hope you land on something kind of sensible on the internet. But other than that, it's really like fair game. So I, you know, going through my breakup, I kind of just became the like go-to girl in my friend group that gave breakup advice. And then I started looking online and started seeing like what was out there for breakups. And it was just honestly, in my opinion, I know some people like this stuff. It was bullshit. Like how to get over your ex in 28 days, um, (laughs) do these four things and your ex will come running back to you. Just like stuff like that stuff. Mind you, I would have bought a thousand percent would have bought at one point in my life. And I was like, there needs to be something out there. That's actually practical. That's not going to tell you they have a quick fix. They're going to tell you like breakups suck. Breakups are really fucking hard, but there is a way out of them. So I started my Instagram account in 2017 and then, you know, it just has really evolved from there to the point where now I, you know, get to do this full time. Um, So, so that's kind of how it, how it all came to be. Wow. That's, I mean, it's no surprise it comes from, you know, more of like a personal story. Uh, Cause I think, you know, that's the impetus of this podcast for us of, you know, launching something based on personal views. Part of the reason that some of the stuff that's out there or well, most of the stuff that's out there is so bad is because we've almost normalized the awful things that we tend to do in breakups of like texting your ex or like the toxic things that you do or like drinking too much or something. Like I think meme culture has really just normalized those behaviors. So you kind of feel like it's okay to like laugh about it and do it, even though you're in so much pain as you're doing those behaviors. Yeah, I agree. And it's, it's actually something like when I first started the Instagram account, I made this decision where like, I wasn't going to use like cheap shot memes to grow my account. You know, Mm -hmm. like there was so many things where I saw them getting like tens of thousands of likes and, and all of this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, they're funny. Like they're relatable, but I, I, I can't put that out there as Mm -hmm. something, um, like I'm not going to put something out there to, promote drinking to get over your ex, to promote getting under someone to get over your ex. It's just not my thing. And so I've had to, it's been, there's been so many places where like I've been faced with decisions on like, uh, you know, like a brand partnership or something like that, where I'm like, it doesn't match. It just doesn't match. Mm -hmm. Good for you. That's not easy. (laughs) Especially in the beginning. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Especially in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, so what would you say are some of the like most common mistakes that you see people making right after a breakup? I'd say the number one thing is like trying to continue to have some sort of relationship with your ex. Um, mainly like just trying to be friends with your ex, try like following, like continuing to act as if everything's fine and like following them on social media or um, being there for your ex anytime they call you or ask for something. I think the biggest mistake someone makes after a breakup is not cutting ties and like creating the necessary space because there's a lot of healing that needs to take place no matter what. It's really hard to do that healing when you're still very much intertwined with your ex. Yeah. And if you think there's still hope of reconciliation or, you know, they don't really mean it. <laughs> I was just going to say it even plays into like people being like, I'm going to get my breakup body culture 
that also kind of stems from this like they're gonna want me back again whether you want to be with them again or you don't Mm -hmm. it's still this it's still basically kind of for them in a weird way it's not so much for you because you know they're watching yeah if you're like looking at all your instagram stuff you know Mm -hmm. they're looking at it and then every time you go to the gym all you're doing is thinking about your ex you're not thinking about how it's making you feel and i think that's another thing people believe that if they just hang out in the wings for long enough and like are like hey i'm i'm here i'm doing so great but do you if you want me i'll i'll come back you know it's like they think if you just hang out in the wings long enough and like show that you're there and you're committed and you still love the person that they'll just ask for you back and i've seen people waste months and months and months and and even years taking that approach just believing if they're there long enough they'll get back together Uh, Yeah. And I mean, I think sometimes, especially in really young relationships, they'll get back together, you know, air quotes on that of they might sleep with you again, but that person isn't good enough for you if they're treating you like that. And I think when you go through a breakup, people don't put themselves high enough on a pedestal of like, okay, I deserve someone who wants me and wants to treat me better than this person just did. And it's interesting because I think a lot of people will say like, don't try to get your ex back because it'll make you look desperate. That's honestly like, I don't really love to focus on that. I love to focus on how it makes someone feel. It makes you feel desperate. It makes you feel worthless. It it like, you're essentially taking your worthiness and your self-esteem and you're placing it in the hands of your ex of someone who like clearly said they don't want to be with you. You're just giving them your worthiness and your self-esteem and you're like, do whatever you want with it. It's not mine. And so, so much of a breakup is like reclaiming that worthiness and that self-esteem as yours and building it back up. Yeah. And I think also like creating almost like a new identity or finding it again, because when you're in a relationship, especially for a long time, you start to think of yourself in the way that you think of this other person and like your, your two kind of becomes one. And so it gets really hard to figure out who you are now because you you've changed from this relationship. Yeah. And I think too, I was actually talking about it on my Instagram today. I think, um, going through a breakup gives you this like gusto and these guts that you probably wouldn't normally have, which is why you see people change jobs, move cities, change their hair, change how they dress. And it's, it's important to be able to harness that. And it's really important to like, think back to what were some things that I loved before this relationship that I lost touch with? Who are some mm. people that I maybe lost touch with? Um, I talk about this idea of like reclaiming things. So if there's like a restaurant in your mind, I mean, I wouldn't do this in the beginning, but if there's a restaurant in your mind, that's like, oh, that's, that's our restaurant. It's like, go with some friends and mm-hmm. go reclaim some of those things that you think are your exes. And again, I wouldn't recommend that in the beginning, but as you're kind of progressing through your healing process, stuff like that's really important. Those restaurants, that's so brutal. That's the worst. (laughs) The songs, the movies, the shows, the restaurants, like there's so many things that become attached to our ex. I don't, I don't think you could repurpose songs though. That one's just time. I didn't listen to country music for like 15 years because of an ex. So Whoa. sometimes those are just time. <laughs> oh, hey, there's a whole album I, I don't listen to. That was after I told the dude uh, that I had herpes that gave me herpes. And he was like, yeah. listen to this album. I'm like, I haven't listened to that album ever again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a great that album. It's annoying. That one's blacklisted for life. Yeah, no, songs I think are a tough one um, to deal with. But all the things that you can potentially reclaim, especially with friends or 
even on your own, uh, I think it's really empowering to be able to do so. All this stuff you reference kind of references you have a 30 day no contact rule or challenge. I forget which one is it. But I saw on your story the other day, you were like, the point of this is not like when people message you like, okay, so then after the 30 days are up, can I send them this? And you're like, that is not the point of this (laughs) no contact. It's not for them to miss you. It's just to get over. You're completely missing the point. (laughs) Completely missing the point. Yeah. No, I think. And the no contact rule is one that's been so butchered and twisted. I mean, mm. there you could probably find 15 coaches on the internet that would tell you to do no contact to get your ex back. So it's it's one that's like gotten really twisted, but I think at the like base at the foundation of it, it's incredibly important. Yeah, uh my most recent breakup, we have always talked about that. I think I went like a solid like 2 weeks without any contact with him and I was feeling fantastic and it was like the best breakup I've ever had. But <laughs> best breakup ever had. Yeah, but, the best one. One for the books. But, yeah, you know? really. Uh, <laughs> no, but like everything else that I had been through with other partners had just been so toxic that I then started to doubt myself. I was like, was this not even real? Like these last couple of months, like I, I don't feel as bad as I did before. I was like, no, because this guy just isn't running me through the mud. Like he was just clear what he wanted, what he didn't want. And then we just moved on. No, that's like such a good thing to bring up because I hear that all the time. And I got to the point where I would like, I actually ran a survey where I was like, if you've heard from your ex, would you rather you have not heard from your ex? And then kind of did the flip side. If you haven't, do you think it means that they didn't care? And then I like showed people the poll results. And I'm like, most people who who hear from their ex wish they hadn't because it sends such a whirlwind of emotions when it comes with it. And I tell people like, if you're going to break up with someone, then the best thing you can do for them is give them space Mm -hmm. and leave them alone. Mm -hmm. Cause I see the other end of that. Yeah. Someone breaks up with someone and then they keep reaching out and I'm like, you got to stop. Like, yeah, you said you didn't want them, leave them alone. You know, it's brutal. Yeah. It's mixed signals. It's confusing as hell. And so I like, just because someone doesn't reach out after a breakup doesn't mean they didn't care. If anything, it means they respect you and Mm -hmm. they respect your space. And I think that's like a good sign of someone to have been in a relationship with. Yeah, I think so too. What do you think about when you're friends with your ex's family? Yeah, it's a tough one. And it's actually, I don't know. It's so funny. I always notice that topics for me come in waves in my DMs. (laughs) And this has been like a big one lately is like ex's family, ex's friends. cutting off in the short term to preserve the long term. Um, Meaning like if you really, if like you became super good friends with your ex's sister, let's give an example. Mm -hmm. And you're like, she's someone I could see myself 100% like staying friends with, having lunch with, whatever that looks like. I think there's a lot of benefit in, in saying like, hey, I value you. I love you. Um, I can't, I, I need to take a break. I need to take a pause. I'm going to like unfollow you on Instagram. You didn't do anything wrong. It's just for me. And then once it becomes less intense, then you can reach back out. And honestly, like I've done that in the past with an ex's sister. I ended up not reaching back out because at the end of the day, I was like, it actually isn't a relationship that I want to pursue. But if I had tried to hang on so tightly to it in the beginning, um, it could have gotten really twisted back up with my ex. Yeah. And then because you kind of get to these points where like, do I ask about them? Do I not ask about them? Like, do we fully want to avoid it? Like, 
how much is this a really like a standalone relationship? And like sometimes they exist, but they're pretty rare. Yeah. Or I was going to say also with like social media, with the unfriending, unfollowing, blocking. Like I'm a fan of block your ex on everything. It's not personal. But a lot of times we don't do the those people that are associated with them. You're like, you're only following them because of your ex. Because then you feel like it's mean for some reason. But then you have that day yeah. where it's like your ex is blocked. But then they'll post something. Your ex is in it. Then you're suddenly stalking everybody else in the story to like <laughs> see all the other clues. And then it's like, wait, what am I doing? You just fall down an Instagram hole again mm-hmm. just to see what your ex is up to. Because there's going to be one chick in that story that you oh, don't know. Always one chick. And then you're going to oh, have yeah. to go figure out who she is, <laughs> yeah. why she's there. <laughs> exactly. How then long they've been clues. following each other. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. And like we ha- on Instagram now, we have the mute button, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Like use the mute button. Who cares? And the thing is... Like, you can always go follow people back. I think if anyone, like, were to be like, that was so immature that you unfollowed me, that that's just not, like, a mature person that you want to have in, in your life. I think people can, like, make sense of, oh, I was only friends with this person because of her ex. They broke up. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I think we, we think stuff is cruel or immature or um, – all of those things and we don't realize the impact that they have on us and how cruel it is to our own selves to continue to put ourselves in situations where we're getting hurt all over again. Yeah. And I think like if you address it to the person, like let's use the example of an ex's sister again. And if like, if you tell them, Hey, I just need some space. Like I'm really hurt right now. And if they kind of combat you on that like that's not a true friend that you want in your life so someone who you want in your life is going to respect the space that you need to heal a hundred percent yeah a thousand percent and I think people whether it's your ex or I think sometimes you know when it's like when you're going through something that tough sometimes people really show themselves and sometimes Mm -hmm. it's not it's not in a good way and Mm -hmm. but it's it's them showing themselves nonetheless and you kind of have to take a look at that yeah like the blocking and all that stuff too. A lot of times for me, it, it comes from like an ego place where I feel like if I do that, I don't look like I'm over it. Yeah. And that also goes for when say you're doing no contact and the ex reaches out to you. You're like, well, if I set this hard boundary and immediately like, uh, I do, I can't hear from you. I'm still healing, like whatever. You're like, well, I feel like the loser. I feel like mm-hmm. the person that's not over it. And they're kind of like, well, you're not past this by now. Like for me, that's kind of all ego. I've been in that situation, especially when you work with somebody that you dated because mm-hmm. you know, you're going to run into them. Yeah. Ego can really mess us up in breakups because it's the thing that will be like, oh, you can go to that friend's party that, you know, your ex is going to be at when you're not ready at all. And you're like, I'm fine. And then you're you're like crying in a corner, you know, (laughs) halfway through the party. It's like, and I've done that. It's like, so you have to pay attention to like, what's your ego saying? Because at the end of the day, the breakup really only depends on how you're feeling. It doesn't give a shit about how friends think you're looking or how your ex thinks you look. All it has to do is like, how do you feel? Do you feel like you're moving on? Do you feel like you're healing? Like with Erica's example, it kind of points to that there's always levels to which like people could feel like they should be winning and like doing better. And I know you kind of have some thoughts, Kendra, about whether or not you actually win a breakup. Yeah. I mean, I don't <laughs> think there's any winner in a breakup. At the end of the day, like I, I really don't think there's a winner. Um, people think, 
the first person to find a new relationship wins. The first person to like post a happy something on social media, they're the winner. Um, the first person to like reach out and be like the bigger person, that's the person that wins. No one wins. Like when a breakup happens, two people branch off and they go on different lanes and there's no, like, there's just no use in comparing those two lanes because they're just on different lanes moving forward. So that's why I'm such a big fan of staying in your lane. I'm a fan of like, I'd prefer, if, if someone had a perfect, in a perfect world, you wouldn't know anything about your ex after the breakup. Mm -hmm. Like it would be like the, like the fifties where there was like no social media. It's like, maybe you ran into them in 10 years, like at the grocery store, mm -hmm. but you don't know anything else. That would be ideal. I know it's not, it's not possible in all situations, but like, no matter what you find out about your ex, it's not going to feel good. If you find out they're happy, you're going to be pissed. If you find out they're sad, you're going to be sad. There's just no winning that. Mm. No. That's why guys who don't use social media are even more attractive because <laughs> when it doesn't work out, like you just kind of move on. You don't have to know anything. <laughs> yeah. You just yeah, have to block them on Venmo. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Venmo. Yes. Block your ex on Venmo. You guys, I've had mm -hmm. many, many messages from meltdowns happening over Venmo <laughs> transactions. Yeah, you get more info from the Venmo, honestly. Yeah. So, yeah. And, yeah. And that's the one you don't think to block it, but it's like, oof. Yeah. Shut it down. That yeah. and someone was telling me the other day, uh, Spotify, because like one of their exes like playlists was popping up and they could see something like they shared it with someone else and they were like, Oh uh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. What I just found out, if you have like a shared playlist on spotify you can't remove yourself the original person has to remove it for you oh yeah because i just had someone say that to me and i was like ah oh, shoot like i i don't know like delete it or something i don't know yeah. like start burn it all and start from scratch <laughs> yeah if you've got sex sex playlists yeah. just get them out of there yeah <laughs> you don't want to see burn who's using that yeah yeah <laughs> okay um so I have a question. Do you think there's ever a scenario in which someone should get back with their ex? Yeah. And this is like a very funny topic for me because I, I am married. I'm married to an ex of mine. <laughs> um, but it's funny. I like recorded a podcast episode on it. And I literally feel like I had like 15 minutes of disclaimers of <laughs> before I got into the story. <laughs> I think it's 1000% the exception rather than the rule to get back together with an ex. Um, it, I think it depends on quite a few different things. It depends on how, why the breakup happened. If this person like completely burned you, lost your trust, um, really hurt you. I, I don't know. I think that's really hard in my situation. My, he broke up with me because he couldn't see himself getting married. He was never sure about it. And it was getting to the place where we were going to have to probably start talking about it. And he's just like, you, you want a ring, you deserve a ring. I just can't be the one that gives it to you. Mm -hmm. And so for him, it was like, he just told the truth. Mm -hmm. It's not like, I mean, it hurt, it really hurt, but it, it wasn't, it wasn't like an attack on me. So I think it depends on why the breakup happened. I think the biggest determinant is time, time and space. Mm -hmm. This time has to also include space. So in my situation, he broke up with me in June of 2015. I did not see him, text him, call him, DM him. We had zero contact for 18 months after that. Wow. 
So that's important because the thing is something you broke up for a reason. If you want to get back together, something has to change. I don't care what anyone says. You're not, nothing changes in three weeks. I don't care if you're going to therapy three times a week Mm -hmm. for three weeks, nothing's changing. So you have to make sure it has enough time and the space, because if you're still talking, like if I had any inkling that he wanted to get back together with me someday, I would not be doing the things that I did for myself Mm -hmm. because I would be doing it all for him. So if you're continuing to like talk to them and stay in contact, just the lines get blurred and you don't really know like who's doing what for who. Um, And then you have to make the decision of like, what, where are you making this decision from? If you're, I tell, I say like, just because you miss someone doesn't mean you should be with them. Very true. Like you're going to miss people, miss toxic people, people miss abusive people. Um, So you have to look at where are you making that decision from? Hopefully you're pretty much over your ex. If that comes to, if it comes down to it, because that's the only way you're going to be clear headed enough to make the decision in a valuable way. It should be like a value add decision, not like one out of desperation of like, I just need this person back in my life so I can feel normal again. Like I can't breathe without them. Those that's not the way to make the decision. And then the last thing is like, you got to give it time. I would talk, like I talked with almost all my best friends, my family, like I talked to my dad, like, I was like, <laughs> what do you think about this? Cause I'm probably missing some things. I probably have some blind spots. Um, And I asked for space. I was like, thank you for all that information. I don't know if you're going to hear from me or not, um, but I need space to think about all this. And if he hadn't given me that time, it would have been a very clear indication to me that it was not the right decision to get back together. Mm -hmm. So those are like the four, I think that was like four. Those are like the four things, I think conditions that have to be met (laughs) if it's going to work. Yeah, I think the the time is obviously so important, but it, it's funny because I've had actually a lot of guy friends say to me, you will hear from him in two to three weeks. Like mm-hmm. that is just the way that men work and do not, don't, don't fall into it because nothing will have changed in that amount of time. If it's like a year or so down the line, maybe worth a conversation, but, and like clockwork, like 14 to 21 days later after some blow up, you hear from a man and it's crazy. I've had the same thing. And it's interesting because I actually know a lot of people that when a breakup happens, they actually say to themselves, if I don't hear from them within two weeks, I'm out forever. Like Mm. there's almost this thing of like, you should immediately realize you made the wrong decision and want me back. But if you realize three months from now, I'm like, no, now you're just lonely. Like, and like pay attention to context. If it's if it's Saturday at like 11 p.m., <laughs> like I'm sorry, that's like not I don't know, that does isn't necessarily super genuine and and I think my now husband had like the experience of he got back together with an ex and it was one of those things where he missed her, he called her and then he said literally the next morning he knew it was a mistake. And this was, you know, like 8 years before we met. Um but he had that experience before so he knew like I don't I don't mess with those kind of things unless I'm actually very very certain that it's going to go somewhere yeah I've had that of the next day you're just like yeah oh no like yeah. <laughs> like give it a couple more days so it's not like we we're just together for one day <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, I, I made told- a grave mistake yeah. yeah I already told people like we gotta move on here yeah, yeah. live and learn yeah yeah <laughs> Um, do you think 
there is a world where exes can actually be friends and hang out? I uh, I don't know. Honestly, I th- I'm sure there is. You know, over the years, like I've learned a lot about what co-parenting with an ex looks like. So yeah, if you have, if you have children together, like I think some sort of a friendship is necessary. Other than that, me, I don't see the point. I'm not friends with any exes. The, like to me, that person existed in my life in the form of a relationship. I have a lot of really rad friends. Mm-hmm. Like I don't need someone in my life that I have all this history with all these, um, potential feelings with, but that's just, that's just me. Um, I don't think it's possible right after a breakup for sure. If you want to like take the time and heal and then maybe a year down the road, you see them at a party and like, it's fine. And there's no chemistry maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, but for me, I don't, I don't see the point of it. I was going to say having a lot of friends of the opposite sex or the sex that I'm attracted to has actually helped me a lot with breakups or just dating. Mm -hmm. One, it makes like it's so clear when it's like, oh, I have male friends that treat me better than this guy I'm dating is treating me like they do more for me and are there for me more than this guy I'm dating. And also for the thing of people saying I want to be friends, I'm like, well, I have male friends. I have male friends I get dinner with platonically. I don't need another one. (laughs) Yeah. You know, well, and it's so funny to me because this happens all the time. Someone will send me this message and they'll, you know, the gist of it will be my ex treated me like shit, basically crushed my heart, treated me like shit. And then they're like, they, they want to be friends. What should I do? And I'm like, hold the person that's wanting to be friends to the same, same standard. You hold your actual friends. Like if your friend did that, would you be friends with them? No. It's like, we, we forget those kinds of things. Like you don't need someone in your life. That's like messing with your emotions constantly and like making you question your worth and, and all of, and those if you have like and if you have great friends like there's no need yeah oh my god we say that all the time of like even the situationships like okay yeah but if your friend didn't text you back for three days like wouldn't you tell them to go fuck off like yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. why are you with this person or especially if they text like you a- back and didn't acknowledge that they ignored you yeah because i've had that where i'm like oh my i didn't answer this i'm so sorry like yeah there's an acknowledgement it's like a form of gaslighting like oh hey how i'm great how are you you're like that was a week ago like mm. <laughs> thank you yeah uh i was gonna say you had a great quote i saw on your instagram you said uh if you went on a job interview And they said, hey, we're not going to hire you right now, but we might have a position for you in the future. But we don't know when. You're like, would you just sit around and wait for that job? And the answer is (laughs) no. So it's like if someone tells you that about I don't want a relationship right now, I I don't know, maybe I will in the future. It's like you're going to wait around for that person. Like I loved that analogy. Yeah. My favorite thing was there was literally people in the comments that said they would wait. And I was like, you're waiting around for your ex. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what that tells me. Like you're someone in this situation that that is waiting around. But yeah, it's like we become so blinded in different in relationships where if we looked at, like if we looked at it through the filter of a job, our career, our friends, anything else, we would think it was insane. But when it comes to our relationships, there's just a lot like we're just driven by a lot more things. Yeah. And all three of those categories, jobs, friends, and relationships, a lot of times people equate the amount of time they've been in those things as justification. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it's like, no, if this isn't serving you anymore, and if this is negatively impacting your life and you're worse off because you're 
sticking with this job or you're sticking with this friend or you're sticking with this person it's like then it's bad but it's just like the longer time you are there it does make it a little harder to leave yeah absolutely absolutely and i hear that all the time it's like i feel like i've wasted wasted they use the word wasted a lot but the thing is like it's really not a waste like are there relationships i wish i wasn't in uh, yeah for sure but like was it a waste no because I, I picked up stuff from from all of them whether it's like i'll never ever ever do that again or oh that was nice maybe you know i'll look for that in the future yeah i think like all three of those categories people just get tunnel vision you know especially like with jobs and relationships you really hear people say like well what else would i do mm. it's like just step back and think about it for a second because you could do anything you know you could make a pivot you could really think about what you want and i think once you're in something it's just so hard to take those blinders off and see that there are so many opportunities in every direction that's a big one with like i'll never find someone as good as my ex mm -hmm. and then it it'll come down to like well, what did your ex do? Like, oh, they were kind and like they treated you nicely and, you know, you guys had chemistry. It's like you really think out of like 8 billion people on this earth, like you're not going to find someone who's like kind and you have chemistry with like, no, that's that's just not true. <laughs> I mean, personally, I've I always have the feeling of just when am I going to really like someone again? It's not when am I going to find yeah. someone like my ex? It's when am I just going to really like someone again? Because I know many people, they're like, oh my God, I have a new crush every day. I'm like, that is not me. <laughs> What's that like? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, I'm like, I wish it was. That sounds very exciting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> How can you be so trusting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for me, it's more like getting back out there, going on dates, all this stuff. Then I just get kind of exhausted of like, man, when am I going to find someone that I just, I really like? Like, I'm almost sitting there like, I wish I was hoping for another date and I got rejected as opposed to just feeling like, this like kind of flat line, no heartbeat, you know, what would you say to someone that says that? Yeah. So I think, you know, some of this has to do with time. Um, I tend to see when people jump in too quickly to dating, they'll probably like, like when people are using dating as their life-saving device from the breakup, um, that's typically like, they're going to be like, nothing's good out here. You know, that's, I, I do see that. Um, but what I also tend to think, and I honestly think like the final part of healing happens when you're dating because dating any kind of relational things that you have are a mirror for yourself. So if you're really struggling with this, like it'll shine a light on some places where you might not have healed yet. Um, and you know, I, I would ask someone like that, like, is it that you're comparing everyone to your ex? Um, is it that you feel so fearful that you're going to get hurt again? So you're walking around surrounded by bricks as like a protection mechanism. Um, have you done the work to figure out what kind of person you actually really like or, or vibe with? So I think it's like, there's so many different things that could cause someone to not be excited about anyone else. It's just, but it, it does, it like shines a light on like maybe some places and some work that still needs to be done. Yeah. I always feel like after a breakup, I know I'm ready to like 
really consider dating again when I'm sitting there on the first date and I'm finally not thinking about my ex and I notice it like the next day or like later that night of like oh I was actually like really invested in this conversation I wasn't sitting there thinking about who wasn't sitting across from me yeah I think that's a really good gauge and I also tell people like it's so normal the first time you go on a date or the first time you kiss someone or the first time you hook up with someone like it feels weird it's gonna feel like you're cheating on your ex for whatever reason it does. It feels very like wrong. Um, and that's normal. And it's like normal to have your ex cross your mind when you're going on new dates. I think sometimes we think that's so abnormal where we actually do feel like we're doing something wrong. And so we're like, uh Oh, let me retreat back. Instead. That's like, it's really just something you have to push through. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I used to notice that I did too, was like, I would, try and like pick out the things about my ex that like I would just get to the point of like hating them and I would just find someone who was complete opposite and then I was just focusing on like my next person based on the person who I was just with so I wasn't really like thinking about what I really needed in a partner do you have like ways that people could kind of figure out what they really need to find after a breakup yeah that's actually really common so I I tend to to see that people go like one of two ways when they don't heal, like when they don't actually like process the relationship and process what happened, they'll either go for someone exactly the same or they'll do what you said. They're like, oh, I'm never getting hurt by someone like that again. So I'm going to go way over here on the other mm-hmm. side of the pendulum when really the answer is in the middle because you have to explore the things and pay attention to the things that you didn't like about your ex. Um, but you were also with your ex for a reason. And I think we're, I think we get scared to look at the good parts of the relationship because in the beginning, we want to focus so much on the bad things that sometimes we, we neglect to circle back and think about the good things, which those are the things you need to take with you when you're dating again. And so, um, so I have, a whole course on that of like really looking at like, let's look at your relationship, like big picture. What was good? What was bad? What do you want to take with you? What do you want to leave behind? Um, what are some things that you've learned from this whole experience? Cause all that stuff's really important. And I think the reason people feel like they stumble so badly after breakups when they're dating again is because they don't take the time to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I've been there. <laughs> yeah, we've Same. done two yeah. we've done two different types of lists on this show. There's the list of when you immediately break up, the list of all the like the pet peeves and negative things to help you get over it. And then making the list of like, okay, what are the qualities you do want in a person? And weirdly, those two lists both are always influenced by your most recent ex. Uh-huh. Yeah, a hundred percent. And that I think that's the point of dating. That's why we are in different relationships, is because our list changes and that list should change anytime you are dating someone or are going through a breakup with someone, it should be like a very fluid list that changes as you change. Yeah. I think it's definitely one to be like revisited more often than I think most people put the time into Mm because you just kind of get on a path and you're like, well, this guy's great. That one's fun too. But it is so important to actually like really list out what you genuinely want and don't want and I think it's also important to have like like the non-negotiable list like for me I like because I wasn't processing my relationships I got dumped three times in a row because the person didn't want to get married and Mm -hmm. finally I was like 
this is like, this is a bit of a pattern for me. <laughs> and so I had to say like, if the person doesn't want to get married, Kendra, you want to get married. Like mm -hmm. it doesn't work. It's just, mm -hmm. it's nothing wrong. Just, it's not going to work. So coming up with like those non-negotiables of these are hard stops. And I think we all have like some hard should have, or at least should have some, a couple hard stops. It doesn't need to be a lot, but there should be a few things that like, this is the bare minimum. Yeah. And I think recognizing too, like when you're at the point that you, you really do need to start taking those things seriously, because I think like, I think women can also get a little bit of like Peter Pan syndrome. Like, I think I felt that a little bit of like, oh, you know, my early twenties were so fun and carefree. It didn't yeah. matter. And now I'm at 28 kind of getting the point where I'm like, okay, maybe I do need to have more of these serious conversations of like, what are those non-negotiables? Because they're, they're going to come up a lot faster than they would have before. Yeah. And I had to learn, like, I had this, I had such a fear, like anytime within like the first 10 dates to ask them where they saw themselves in the future. And finally I was like, fuck it. Like I can't, I I'm done. Like yeah. I'm literally done dating people that don't want to get married. So I'm going to ask. And if, and if that's scares them off, whatever. And I, I learned a way to ask it and I started attracting people that wanted to get married. Didn't mean I wanted to marry them or they wanted to marry me. It just meant that's the energy I was putting out there. Yeah. And now, and nowadays, another question too, is like, uh, what's your level of monogamy in relationships? Cause I know more and more people that now are trying to open their relationships later and they never brought it up in the beginning and essentially are breaking up. Cause that's another deal breaker. Yeah. I think we, I, I, I think it's especially women. We have a really hard time. We have this really, I should say fear. We have this fear of being too much. I'm putting this yeah. in quotes. Like we have this fear of being too much. And so we want to be this like breezy, like lighthearted girl. That's like, I'm good. You know, like I'm good with this. Like as long as you're nice and we have fun, like this is great. Um, and then they get to this place where start stuff starts coming up and it might just be like, something a guy says and you're like oh shit like and then it starts getting like more and more real but then you're more and more invested so you're like what am I going to abandon ship now so I, I agree it's like we need to have those kind of questions of um and that's how you prevent future breakups it's like a preventative measure is like having these conversations in the beginning and going through a breakup especially towards the tail tail end that's the time to learn those things and figure those things out. So you're prepped when you start dating again. Would you say serious things like that? You should bring up like first date, second date, third date, like, because there is still an art to like, yeah, first date, yeah. if you're coming in like a sergeant with those questions, it's, it's fearful. <laughs> it's fearful for a lot of guys. And, and a lot of guys have been burned because yeah. a lot of my male friends will be like, they'll say something about a woman's age and they'll just be like, oh, she definitely wants marriage kids right now. And I'm like, look, you don't know that. But it sounds like it's like you go on one date with one 35 year old and her first questions are, do you want to yeah. get married? Do you want children? They're like, oh, OK. All right. Well, I'll stick with 25 year olds for a minute. You know? Yeah, I'd say I'd say like second, third, probably third. I'd say like third date. And there's also there's ways to like finesse, like the whole keto is like casual, like ask it casually, not be like. Okay, so I have a very serious question to ask you. <laughs> Do you want to get married in the future? It's like you're what like you're talking about a movie and it's like there's like a wedding. I don't know. Like there's just ways to bring it up where it's not so like 
like gnarly and intense right away. Um, And I think too, it's like, it's all about the energy you're going into it with. If you're going into it with the energy of like, oh my God, I have to know if, if, if I don't know, then this is all over instead of being like, I'm going to let it just come up naturally. But like, I'm walking into it with like, this is my intention and that's the vibe I'm putting out. And I think that's usually met in the right way. Yeah. I think it's this dance of like casual yet direct because I think so many people have learned how to dodge the question of like, what are you looking for? Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's just so easy to get around that. And then you're like a couple weeks or even like God forbid months in and you're like, we are not on the same page. But it's also very telling when you ask those questions, do they answer right away? Yeah. Because I've had guys throw those questions to me pretty quickly. of just like, do you want to get married one day? And I'm just like, yeah. Like, there's no hesitation. That's the answer is yes. Like, it's right there. And that's very telling. I feel like when you ask anyone anything, it's almost that like secret. It just like pops out. And if all of a sudden they're like, uh, <laughs> it's like, okay, you either don't know or you think the answer is something I don't want to hear, you know? Right. <laughs> all right. So I think a lot of people struggle with, they have the breakup. They're over the breakup. They're feeling good. They find out their ex is dating someone else. What advice would you have for someone to cope with that, especially if they aren't dating anybody yet? Yeah. So um, the first thing I'll say is like, I, I, it really doesn't matter how long it's been since your breakup. No matter when you find out your ex is dating, it's going to hurt. I've been in like committed relationships and find out my ex is like getting married or something. And I'm like, oh, you know, it's just going to bring up a feeling. So like that, there's no point where you should be like, I don't care. Um So I think the biggest thing, and this comes up, especially when someone's like, they started dating right away. Does that mean they didn't care? Does that mean they're completely over me? No, it's like, I think people cope with breakups, however they're going to cope with it. And sometimes people don't know how to cope. And sometimes the only way they know how to cope is to get into a new relationship. So I think if it's happening that quickly, like it's typically not a great sign. Like it's typically a sign that they're, they're struggling. And this is the way that they've learned how to regulate their emotions is by being with someone else. Um, and then I think too, is like, as much as you can prevent like the deep dive, the rabbit hole dive into like when they started dating, who is she, where did they meet? Um, like comparing your looks to this person on Instagram or like whatever that looks like, just try, just try to stop yourself. Try to like, be like, okay, I learned this information. It hurts, but I'm going to leave it there and just like try to leave it there. I also tell people like, tell your friends when you're going through a breakup to not share news. Yeah. It's just it's like, one. cause most of the time you're going to hear it from your friends. Hopefully you're not following the person on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, but most it's like, oh my God, they're dating so-and-so. And you're like, that doesn't help me at all. <laughs> like mm-hmm. That makes me feel way worse. So mm-hmm. Um, I think that's like a good conversation to have ahead of time. And it's not that your friends are trying to hurt you. It's just like, they're trying to share gossip and whatever that looks like. Um, so as much as you can separate yourself in that way, and then you also have to remember like whatever your ex does after the breakup is not personal. It's not a personal attack. It doesn't mean you were lacking in any certain area. It doesn't mean that someone looks better is prettier, whatever. Like it's, it's separate. It's like, remember they're in their own lane. They're just, they're on their own little freeway, their own little road. They happen to date. It doesn't correlate to how you were. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious though. Have you ever seen a situation where like someone's ex's like new 
person is like stalking them on social media because with instagram like you can see everything now i'm like, trying wait repeat that the, like, like the per your ex's like new, new partner person. is stalking you yeah and like you yeah. can like slip up on instagram like like a photo but like it even easier is like if this person is just like watching your stories like i know people who i've hooked up with like their new girlfriends like follow me on instagram or like watch my stories periodically i'm like do you know who i am like this feels too <laughs> coincidental like <laughs> And like, should those people get blocked? Like, I don't. So here's the thing. If it's bothering you, if it's making you go look at her, like in this situation, if it's Mm -hmm. making you go look at her more, yes. Like block. It doesn't need to be like some like confrontational. Why are you looking at my store? You know, it's like, don't make it a big thing. If it hurts you block them, like hide your story, whatever. It's really just a matter. But for some people, they might be like, yeah, yeah. like she wants to look at me. You know, it's like kind of (laughs) thinking like it's like a compliment in some way. But I I say that pretty much with any kind of what does it mean if my ex is looking at my stories? What does it mean if they like my photo? I typically say like, it doesn't necessarily mean anything. Like, Mm -hmm. The meaning is as much as you give it meaning. Um, So if you want to make, you can make it mean whatever you want and it's going to turn it into a thing that's way bigger than it ever needs to be. It's just a matter of like, okay, they're looking. Does it affect me? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to block them. Like this whole, like, what does it mean? What is this a sign? Like, no, it's just, it's just people are curious. People just are innately want to look at other people's stuff. (laughs) I was going to say, you also answered this for just when your ex watches your Instagram story is basically, it's like, does it mean something? It might, it might not, but you're assigning meaning to it. So it's just helping you. I mean, it's stopping you from getting over it. Exactly. We've all been there. (laughs) Whether it's a guy you dated or a guy you hooked up with, you're like, oh, look who's back around. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Oh, that happened to me during quarantine, during like the thick of it, of like a really sad day. I saw an ex was watching one of my stories and so I use that as a chance to open the door. And he was like, yeah, I thought this might happen. You popped up on my Discover page. It was an accident. I don't want to talk to you. I was like, all right, sick, sick. Well, all right. Okay. You're like, cool. later. Yep, yep. That's, you're like, that's what I thought too. Just wanted yeah. to clear it up. Just wanted yep. to make sure. <laughs> it's like, uh, uh, yeah, no, I've done it. I've liked X's pictures on Instagram. Like... Mm-hmm. And just wanted to throw my phone away. Like, <laughs> I think we've all, we've all done it. And you just have to remember, like, it's an innate curiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that they're waiting for you to text them because they want to get back together. They're not sending like a cryptic message. <laughs> yeah. If they wanted to get back together with you, they would be an adult and they would call you or send you something to mm-hmm. let you know. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right, so we have questions that we ask pretty much every guest. We'll let you pick which one you answer. Um, The first one is, what's the best piece of dating advice you've ever received? And the second one is, can you remember a time that you've shot your shot? And was it a hit or a miss? I'll do the shoot shoot my shot one. Um, Because I feel like it does relate to breakups. So there there was a time... um, after I'd gone through this string of like four breakups in a row. And like I was talking to you guys about earlier, it gives you this like crazy sense of like, I had the craziest guts. Like I've never had them in my life where I was 
I'd leave my, like if I had a hot waiter, I would like leave my phone number on the receipt. Um, I like walked up to guys and like asked them to, like I would ask guys out. Um, did any of them work out? No, but it made, it literally, it made me feel so much better. Like it, it was like, okay, Kendra, like you have power. I used to think I was completely powerless in relationships. I just thought like, I, if you like me, I like you. That's how, it mm. wor- you know, like that's how it works. And so it just reminded me of like, I'm in this place where like, I can be in control of like, if I want to go out with someone, if I want to ask someone out, if I want to say yes to someone or no to someone, like it just completely like sh- it helped shift this thing of allowing me to feel empowered in relationships. Mm-hmm. Not one worked out. Not one. Well, okay. I will say like, like you I went a on dates. Out of it? Nothing. Oh, okay. That, yes. That no. Yeah. And I, yeah, I like, <laughs> I'm not married to any of them, but yes, yeah. no, I mean, it, it was fun. Like I had dates, like hookups, like got to go to like fun things and concerts and like all those things. So it, it those did. are wins, Kendra. Yeah. Those are, those wins. are wins. We count them as true. wins. You weren't getting rejected. It's just like, yeah, That's it wasn't your long term person, but yeah. it's like, yeah, you were like, oh, I can leave my number and get a date. Like I don't have to wait to be chosen, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So it, it allowed me to take it into my own hands. Nice. We're all for that. Yes. Very <laughs> yeah. for it. And trust me, we've had some hard duds. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So much so. Uh, well, thank you so much for coming on and uh, definitely check out your blog because you had something on there that really intrigued me of the list of TV shows and movies with limited love scenes. Because yes. I've mentioned this before of like, you got to get into certain shows after a breakup because it's going to screw at your head. But anyway, you can follow Kendra at Your Breakup Bestie on Instagram. She has so much stuff. Uh, and you can follow us at Shooters Gotta Shoot Pod. I'm at Sparica with two A's. And I'm at the Guaca underscore Molly. And thank you so much for coming on. We will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.